Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Wisconsin Hunter Education Program with the Wisconsin DNR, dnr.wi.gov. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me shortly. And today, Field and Stream Editor-in-Chief Colin Kearns joins us to talk about Field and Stream's 125th anniversary issue. And Brian Binoken of Cutting Edge Game Calls reveals the innovative four-play turkey call with four different tones from one box call. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Well, it's time now for the Madison Outdoors Report, and you hear this special feature each and every week at this time on WTSO, the Big 1070, and it's streamed on demand on LakeLink and on our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again is McFarland guide Ron Bearfield. Well, Ron, the conditions keep changing, don't they? Uh, they sure do. That snow we got earlier in the week uh, sure made the drift. It drifted real bad, and... Uh... We've got uh, just a mess out on the lakes right now. It's it's hard to get around with the with the four wheelers, and I guess the snowmobile will work pretty good. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it makes it a little bit tougher to get around. At least with here in southern Wisconsin, you know, it's um, I, from what I understand that uh, uh, north of us and northwest of us towards Lacrosse, it uh, they only got a dusting up in that area. Yeah, so. we we got nothing here. I was surprised when I talked to friends in Madison and uh, over, you know, in the Milwaukee area. They've been shoveling snow. Of course, we've done that a couple times here. Um, yeah, right. So this uh, that last storm, I guess it just it just missed us. So, well, you were fishing beforehand, though, right? Oh yeah, I've been I've been out on the lake at, uh, at fishing, and it's. Uh, uh, I was on Wabisa the last trip I was out, and um, I caught some crappies and I caught some perch, but I had to you had to really work for the fish you caught. You know, you didn't catch limits or anything like that. Um, the fish don't seem to want to come off the bottom, but I'm hearing that everywhere. I mean, they'll come up and look at the bait and go right back down. No matter what you do or what you're using, it, it doesn't seem like they're uh, feeding very well at all. Um Oh. Lake Monona is the same way. Uh, you know, I was out there a week ago, and and it was, uh, you know, we need to get some fish. We didn't get a lot of big fish, but the perch was just starting. You might catch in a day's fishing. You might catch eight or ten, maybe. You know. Mm, wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really been a it's been a tough year this year. Ice fishing it really has. Uh, the pike have been. I got to say, the pike have been doing pretty well though. Um, you know, the guys in Squaw Bay were catching quite a few pike. Um, uh, even in uh, Monona Bay, where the where they usually catch lots of bluegills, of course the bluegills that are there aren't biting real good either. But they're catching pike there as well, and I guess Warner Bay on Mendota's been doing real well. Uh huh. Well, so it's sporadic then. It's uh, it's not across the board good fishing. It, it seems like the panfish bite is the one that's the toughest right now. It's uh, um, whereas um, uh, the pike and the, the game fish end of it, uh, I know some guys that are catching a few walleyes, um, and, and I'll be fishing Mendota here the next few days, too. Hopefully it's not drifted bad enough out there. I haven't been out there, but it's not drifted bad enough that you can't get around. So uh-huh. Yeah, um, okay. And, you and know, daytime walleyes? Uh, they're catching them, most of them in the evening yeah. and um, or early morning, and... Uh, it seems like once the daylight breaks, uh, they catch some here and there, but uh, it seems like that's when the pike start to bite a little bit out there. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been a it's been an evening and an early morning bite for the walleyes. Uh huh. 
So even with and snow, that uh, that sun has an impact. It, it seems to uh, a little bit anyway. Uh, I, I, it's gonna gonna darken, the, of course, the water, but I think it's it's a time frame that the fish kind of get used to feeding too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and like an early morning or a, a timing thing, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, I think that they're just used to that, and then that's that's what they do. But um, I had a few on Wabisa walleyes, and they were all in the evening. I haven't caught a fish yet during the day. Huh. Um, I, I did have, I had three, um, then of course I set up on them, but uh, I wasn't fishing the panfish or perch when I caught them, but um, it, it seemed like an evening bite as well. After 3.30, 4 o'clock in the evening, you know, uh, that's when they seem to start start uh, uh, biting. Yeah, well, that's kind of been the, the rule, at least, you know, for years, as I remember. You'd, you'd set up uh, the last couple hours of daylight for walleyes, and They'd start to move in, and if you had your tip-ups in deeper water, and then sh- you know working up the the, uh, the the bottom to where it was shallower, you'd see the tip-ups go off from deep to shallow. Right, exactly. And uh, what what I found too is is uh, now last year and year before, I caught quite a few walleyes out on the main lake basin while fishing for perch or, or crappies out there. You know, in the thirty feet of water or so, and. Um, you know, during the middle of the day, you'd be fishing for perch, and all of a sudden, bang, you got a walleye, you know, or mm-hmm. if you fished a jigging spoon a little bit, maybe with a minnow head or something, you'd, or you might even pick up a pike out there, well, but it's a little bit different this year. It doesn't seem to be as many walleyes uh, coming in out there in that main lake basin. Uh-huh. Now, uh, a friend of mine was fishing on Mendota, now it's been two weeks ago, and he was getting perch in about 30 feet, which is, you know, not the usual place you'd find them out there. Exactly, and that, that's uh, you know every year you have that early ice bite where uh, where you'll catch them at that thirty, thirty-five feet, forty feet, you know, somewhere in there. Um, whereas as the season progresses, I think that sixty-five feet yeah. gets to be a little bit better. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, if you can get out to the mud flats out there off of Governor's Island, you can catch perch right now. They're out there. It's just uh, just a matter of being able to get to them. And there's some pressure cracks out there which. You definitely have to watch. I mean, they're, the Mendota's notorious for that, mm-hmm. and they're not—they're not safe ones to cross a lot of times either. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, caution is, uh, you know, a good idea. Exactly. No, no perch is exactly. worth no perch is worth going through a crack. That's for sure. No, that's exactly right. But with this deep snow, I would think that the, the coyote hunters ought to. Ought to like it. Uh, it makes it harder for the coyotes to hunt, especially the guys that call them. Yeah. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna be going out this next week and doing some uh, calling in the evenings, and uh, this deep snow makes it harder for them to hunt. So they get a little bit hungrier, and uh, they they're a little more receptive to the calls. Uh-huh. Uh, if you've got a good place to go call, so that uh, that could be a a good thing too. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago I was, I was calling them. I didn't getting coyotes to come in that night but i had the two fox come in and oh, interesting. Uh, i but i'm not shooting fox it's it seems like they're having a little harder time with all the coyotes you know i think they yeah. run them down and kill them that the coyotes do and yeah and uh so i didn't i didn't shoot them but uh i had a pair come come screaming in on me so uh it was kind of fun to watch absolutely yeah you know uh speaking of coyotes uh I've got, you know, I've got a little farm here, and we've got sheep and uh, chickens and, and goats. The goats are indoors, the sheep are outside, and uh, the chickens, of course, are indoors at, at night. And I had coyote tracks right through the yard, up the driveway, <laughs> and we've got cottontails here. You know, I, I 
hunt rabbits right around the house occasionally, you know, uh, and I see, uh, you know, rabbit tracks and then coyote tracks, and I'm thinking, geez, uh, when are these animals coming through? I, I've got a couple trail cameras, but so far they've avoided them. Uh, but, and I had deer coming right up into the barnyard too, which is, uh, you know, based on their tracks, it's pretty obvious. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, well, I live right here in McFarland, and uh, yeah. I'm not on the I'm not on the edge of town. I used to be when we first moved here. But sure. uh, anyway, um, I have a big churchyard behind my my place here, and uh, I my wife and I were uh, were sitting uh, on the front porch after shoveling. This has been two winters ago, and we had a coyote walk between the houses. We were sitting on the front deck after shoveling, mm-hmm. just talking. Mm-hmm. And my wife said, "Look at that! Look at there!" And here it come he walked between our house, walked out in the street. Oh. walked up the street and walked right down the street in front of us. Didn't pay us any attention at all. And he was only probably 25 yards from us. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've seen him and, even, uh, even in, um, <laughs> in Milwaukee in residential areas years ago. Um, they find a, they find a way to make a living. They certainly are resourceful. They sure do. And as my neighbor up here, um, he actually had a fox den under his deck this year. So, mm-hmm. and we've seen them, we've seen them back through the, backyard here a few times this winter yeah. already so so there's the fox are adapting as well so <laughs> but uh anyway the fishing is is uh, it i hopefully it's going to get better i know they said it slowed down on the mississippi as well because yeah. of the uh you know a lot of times this late winter ice doesn't uh they don't bite as well uh, oxygen levels drop and things like that but i also think over there a lot of it is those sloughs the, the guys get in there and of course there's more fishermen this year than ever and i think they actually harvest the fish out of those sloughs a lot and uh, once they're gone they're gone you know yep. until more replenish them yep all right well ron uh thanks for that report we'll catch up with you again in a couple more weeks and uh, good luck if you're after coyotes or fishing whatever you're up to all right thanks dan you bet Ron Bearfield with the Madison Outdoors Report. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Well, joining me once again from Wisconsin Rapids is my partner, Jeff Kelm. Jeff, uh, this has become the way we do the show now, and we're almost uh, we're coming up on a year. We're, what, nine months into it, I think? Yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, it works out. Uh, I mean, we, we record the show ahead of the weekend, Dan. I mean, we don't make any secret about that, and uh, I can't I, I can't say it's not uh, pleasant just to be able to do it out of uh, my house, you know. I mean, I I love the guys down in Austin, uh, and uh, they they had a great facility and and everything that was awesome to be able to do it. But oh, it's it's really nice to just do it here in my little studio. It is, yes. And we've gosh, we've done it in now um, four or five different studios, mm-hmm. all of which worked. But uh, this is. Uh, the way we're doing it now, anyway. So, well, I assume you've been ice fishing because, man, it's the weather's been just about perfect for it, hasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, you, you expect some wild temperature swings and some major, major cold fronts, and we really just haven't had um, 
serious cold fronts, you know, that, that you would think about in, in you know, Wisconsin terms. Uh, and uh, and I've really, I have had the opportunity to enjoy the uh, the 20 degree to 30 degree weather during the day and yeah. uh, minimal snow on most of the locations that we're headed to. And uh, it's been it's been really good for fishing. It's been good for travel. Uh, it's really good for fishing because it's good for travel. Uh, that's really what it is for. In my case, uh, I, I I put a lot of uh, time and energy into moving. You know, whether I'm on fish that don't bite, I'll move off of them, or or searching for fish, searching for a pattern of fish, and so. Um, Having the ability to to move efficiently uh, is is a big deal. And when there's a lot of snow on the ice, even if I can get out to the spot on my four-wheeler, I can't necessarily move from one hole to the other as comfortable. Uh, but with this lack of snow, it's been it's been fine. And I have gotten on some new water this year, Dan. In fact, uh, uh, I've explored uh, four five, five new lakes already this year. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had success at four out of the five. And... Um, uh, getting fish, uh, bluegills up to three quarters of a pound, uh, just shy of 10 inches on those fish. Uh, wow. we're, we're seeing, um, some really good eater size, what I consider eater size or that, uh, seven, seven and a half really to anything under nine. Uh, if it touches nine or over, I tend to throw it back. Depends on how many of those nines I catch. You know, you can go to some bodies of water, uh, especially like the Mississippi river, uh, where you, that might be all you catch is, is fish that hit that nine inch mark. Um, and, and you understand that it's a healthy fishery. You can keep a few of those. I, I won't keep a whole bag of them but i'll keep a few of them uh, but we've been catching those what's cool is like you can go to the mississippi and catch those but i'm trying to catch fish that size and larger in central wisconsin inland waters waters that uh, you wouldn't necessarily put a pin on the map and say gosh that's got to be the lake um that's that's what i'm aiming for that's what i'm trying to search for so um and we've had success doing that it's it's been a lot of fun yeah, good. And are you finding them in different uh, types of locations, deep, shallow uh, structure yeah. weeds? Yeah, it's been uh, interesting. Everything from uh, from about four and a half feet in thick weeds to mm-hmm. 18 feet and absolutely no structure at all. <laughs> um, and just roaming fish, which are hungry, hungry fish, because you have to imagine you've got a pack of these fish and they're all vying for whatever's in front of them to eat. So uh, as soon as you drop a bait, they get hungry. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun when you find that. Cool, cool. Well, I have been doing a little rabbit hunting. I'm uh, I put a couple on the board, and uh, I'm doing it on my own with, without a partner and without a dog. And so that's that's two strikes, really, uh, two handicaps. But it's fun when you um, you know jump a brush pile and out pops a bunny, and you manage to roll it. And the last one, I actually uh, was out after a fresh snow. And I said, you know, if I'm ever going to be able to follow a track to a rabbit, this is the day. And I found a track that was obviously made the night before, during or after the snow. And the rabbit wasn't going anywhere. You just hop here, hop there. So I just kind of followed the track and followed the track. And, and it led into some brush. And I thought, well, I'll go over this way. And I went over to the left. And mm, I thought, oh, now where'd it go? Because there's no track here. And then I turned and looked and there was the bunny sitting in some brush to my right. And I said, well, hello there. <laughs> Took that one home. Um, that, uh, you know, uh, it's so much more fun with a dog. I have friends who do that, and I just haven't had a chance to get together with them this winter. But 
I'm going to try to before the end of February, which is when the season ends. It's mesmerizing watching the dogs work. I mean, I think anybody that works a dog over any kind of game, uh, Mm -hmm. it just can be, you can almost forget what you're doing when you see a dog that's so good at it. And uh, it's been many years since I've hunted uh, rabbits over over a dog, beagles in particular, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun watching them. It certainly is. And, you know, you mentioned uh, ice fishing. Of course, I've got one uh, Jiffy Lightning E6 left. I had it sold, but uh, the gentleman who's up in uh, Marshfield didn't want to come all the way to Westby. And uh, if you had it, I think we'd have had it sold. But uh, So I may try to get together with him later this winter. Otherwise, folks, uh, check the Facebook marketplace for Jiffy Ice Auger E6 Lightning. Uh, I've got one left there. And the Capital City Muskies, Inc., Muskie University, we talked about it at length last year. I'll just mention it again now. Three sessions, three successive Saturdays, March 20th, 27th, and April 3rd. And you can register. You have to register ahead of time. And you'll find a link on my Facebook page, or you can just go to Facebook and look for Capital City Muskies, Inc., And this week we have a giveaway, and it's a slick one. This is a four-play turkey call. It's a brand-new box call with four different tones in one call. It's a $125 value. It's It's really worth something. And we're going to hear from the call maker in just a little bit. But to enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and number and mention the Turkey Call Getaway. And as I mentioned, we'll learn about this extraordinary new call from callmaker Brian Benoken. But first, we're going to talk to Field and Stream Editor-in-Chief Colin Kearns about the 125th anniversary of Field and Stream magazine. All that and more, straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Rough Grouse Society, the well-being of the rough grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. All 
Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining us now is a fellow we've had on the show before, but it's been a couple years, Colin Kearns. He's the editor-in-chief of Field and Stream Magazine. Colin, thanks for joining us, and welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Well, we spoke with you a couple years ago, and I thought it would be good to have you back on to talk about the magazine's 125th anniversary. First of all, i got to say congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you very much. You know, these uh, this day and age, it's pretty rare to, to be part of a, a magazine brand that has, you know, a, a history and a legacy as, as old and, and uh, storied as Field and & Stream. And, and uh, you know, it's just a, a thrill and honor to be a part of that. And, and putting together this issue, something this uh, momentous, was, was a lot of fun. And it was, uh, it was an honor, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and, you know, you are the editor-in-chief now, but obviously you haven't been there for 125 years. There's, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of great editors and great writers preceding you, and that's one of the things, or, or the major thing you feature in this issue, the 125th anniversary issue. How did you uh, how did you put this together? Yeah, so we've been working on this. I would say we really started having conversations about this issue back in mid-2019 because we knew this anniversary was coming up and we knew we wanted to do something really big that would fit the occasion. And ultimately what we decided was, you know, look, people love Field and Stream for great stories, and so that's what we're going to give them. So what we did was we, you know, went searching through the archives and and we found what – you know, uh, we felt were were um, not the absolute best because we we couldn't read through every story in the archives. But um, these are certainly some of the very best stories uh, from Field and Stream's history. And, and what we did there was we um, excerpted some of our favorites uh, from the archives. But then, you know, we didn't want everything to be uh, you know um, historical records. So there's plenty of brand new stories in there too. And and I think that kind of um, combination of, of classic stories with modern classic stories these brand new ones really combines to make a really special and um, you know historic issue of the magazine yeah and it is a nice combination and it, it's uh, it's nice to go back and forth from uh, you know back to the 40s and 50s and then something from just five years ago it's really slick yeah exactly yeah now Dave Petzl mentions uh, seeing his first copy of field and stream back in 1953. Uh, he's a little older than I am, but not much. I, I began reading the magazine in the 50s, and back then my dad subscribed to the big three, and we all know what those what those <laughs> yeah. were, and I read them all cover to cover, and that, that, that was, you know, with a few smaller uh, what they call vertical magazines like Fur, Fish, and Game, you know, Trapping Magazine. That's all there was back then, And uh, but there were some great writers, and my favorites in Field and Stream were Ted Trueblood, Ed Zern, and probably Tap Tapley. You know. Yeah, well, uh, you're not the first person to, to list those three names as, as uh, his favorite <laughs> writer from the magazine. And, and I tell you what, there was no way in, in heck that we were uh, going to put this together, this issue together, and not include include all three of those yeah. guys. Uh, and um, they are well representative. You know, they're just um, they're icons of field and stream. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Zern for humor, of course. And I, I would flip to the back page and read that first. Uh, I think uh-huh. a, a lot of people would do that. And I really like Ted Trueblood for real adventure. I mean, he he did it all, and and he wrote in a down-to-earth way, and you felt that you were out there with him. I know as a 12-year-old kid, a 14-year-old kid, 
man, he took me along for uh, for a lot of adventures, and that's probably why I'm doing what I do today. You know, and why yeah. He was something else, you know, we, on the cover of the magazine, uh, every issue, it says, you know, film stream is the soul of the total outdoorsman and, and the total outdoorsman. That's our way of saying like, you know, this is someone who, who can do it all hunt, fish, camp, shoot, survive, you know, cook a good game, uh, cook a good meal in a, in a Dutch oven. And, yep. and for decades that, you know, Ted Trueblood personified the total outdoorsman. Yep. He did. And of course, tap tap, we had, uh, taps tips and that's stuff that uh, we call hacks today like you know how to make a fishing lure from a shoehorn or start a fire with no matches or something like that you know uh, exactly and you, you know a lot of taps tips are um still on our website at fieldstream.com and, and there's some of year after year there's some of our most popular stories that people read on the website and that just goes to show you that you know timeless hunting and fishing advice never gets old uh-huh and, you know, uh, I got to say, maybe because it was longer, but my favorite story for for the storytelling part of it was Eddie Nickens' uh, Living the Dream, uh, the moose yeah. hunt. Um, it just, uh, he's so good. You know, I've had him on the show a couple times, too. Uh, he really is good. You know, if anything, he's he's kind of uh, the modern-day Ted True. He is, I mean, yeah. You talk, about, you talk about a guy who can do it all on he eddie is the man and and this just the way this story came together was was a lot of fun it was fun to to help uh to be on the editing process but also as a friend of eddie's you know this was a hunt that he's been dreaming of doing you know his whole life and it's one of those that you know he was i think beginning to wonder if the the chance to do it might slip away he might never get to do it and and the way this all worked out um was I was happy for him, and and as the editor of Field and Stream, I was really happy because it meant we got a we got a heck of a story out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the the photo lead photo for that story looks like a painting. I don't know if uh, the photographer or your photo editor did something special with it. I, I no, see that's that's the original. That is untouched, and and that's just. Uh, Maine in, in the fall for it's, you. Yeah, it's backlit, so there's that. But boy, when yeah. I looked at that first, I thought, what a great painting. And then I went, wait a minute, that's a photo. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Um, boy, you, you, let me ask you about A.J. McLean. There, uh-huh. there was a rumor and uh, that, that he did a lot of travel and got to some exotic places because he worked for the CIA. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> There is. I've never heard it, but uh, you know, um, I wouldn't put it past him. I guess, but uh, that's. I guess. I guess that's one of those things that we'll just have to to wonder about yeah, it and he, leave to leave to mystery. If somebody knows, uh, maybe they'll tell us. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many good things in here. Uh, I'm just flipping through it right now. Oh, and I like the uh, the game changers. Uh, piece that uh, Bill, he- is it Heavey or Heavy? He pronounces it's Bill Heavey. Heavey. Yeah, That's- you know, yep. yeah, conservation as we were, you know, doing our research for this issue, um, one of the more inspiring things was, was just to see, you know, from day one, the editors of Field and Stream were always at the forefront of a conservation fight, whether it was, you know, establishing game laws or, or um, establishing the, the duck stamp. Um, and it was just, you know, great to see that Field and Stream was was, our, was always there. And, and so, you know, um, we couldn't put together an anniversary issue like this without really, you know, uh, putting the spotlight on, on all the great conservation efforts that, that Field and Stream uh, was a part of and, and um, you know, all the progress that, that we've made in the country to, you know, um, you know, 
prioritize conservation. Absolutely. And one other, before uh, I close the book here, one other that uh, really struck me was Phil Borgeli's, uh dad's gun, um, his dad's uh, over and under that he inherited. And uh, I just wrote a piece uh, for our local uh, outdoor news publication about my, my own dad's uh, side-by-side double that I inherited and restored. So that one really <clears throat> struck a chord with me. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a um, heavy story, um, but you know uh, Phil um, handled handled it um, with grace and respect and and reserve. And um, you know I, I remember working on on that story with him many years ago. And um, it takes a lot of courage to write something that honest and and, yeah. and, and brutal. But yeah. um, you yeah. know readers readers really um, you know connected with it, and they were grateful that he he was willing to share it. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well. Um, 125 years, where do we go from here with Field and Stream? We keep telling more great stories. You know, that's why I got into this uh, job in the first place, and that's why Field and Stream has been around for as long as it has. You know, you know, I think this issue says it all, that, you know, a great story never dies. And, and uh, you know, as long as there's Field and Stream, you're, you're going to get to enjoy great stories from Field and Stream. And you, you have a website. You mentioned fieldandstream.com, correct? That's it, and you can find all these stories on there and more. We we published a whole bunch of uh, uh, Field and Stream classic stories um, during during our anniversary to celebrate. And okay. Lots of fun stuff to read there. And if people want a hard copy, it's still on the newsstands, right? Yeah, this issue will still be on the newsstands, so uh, run out and get it, because I, I would like to think that this one will be a collector's edition. I'm pretty sure it is. Well, Colin, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to talk with you, and we'll catch up with you again. Thanks a lot, Dan. You bet. Colin Kearns is the editor-in-chief of Field and Stream magazine, the classic magazine, 125th anniversary issue is out there on the newsstands, and you can see many of the stories that are in that uh, that issue on their website, fieldandstream.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupie and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit hupy.com. And by the way, all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Well, joining us now is Brian Benokin of Cutting Edge Game Calls. They're located in Bangor, Pennsylvania. They make the four-play turkey call, and their website is the number four, playturkeycall.com. So that's fourplayturkeycall.com. Brian, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Dan. Well, it's uh, always fun to talk turkey, even though we are still looking at snow and uh, some mornings below zero temps we know turkey season is not that far away and uh, you you teamed up with a very avid turkey hunter eric steinmetz uh, to produce this four play box call uh, tell us about it how does it work well uh, eric is like you said a very passionate turkey hunter and he um, thinks constantly about turkey 
turkeys and turkey calls and, and the like. Um, and he uh, had a idea to come up with a box call that was a little bit more versatile than a standard box um, to help maybe possibly uh, limit the amount of calls that he was carrying out into the woods. Mm-hmm. So he uh, came up with the idea of adding a wheel to the front of a box call, basically, and uh, add two more sides, two more sound rails on the other side of the box call. So now instead of a standard two-sided box call or a single-sided box call, we have a four-sided box call, uh, which has four different rails, a uh, four different species, a walnut rail, a poplar rail, a sassafras rail, and a red cedar rail. So inherently, they're all going to give you different tones. Yep. Uh, when Eric went to patent his design, uh, he thought that the ability to switch sides was novel enough to get him a patent, but as it turns out, that idea had already been taken. Mm. So of of all things, his uh, his lawyer, who was not a hunter, looked at it and said, well, I watch you play this, and I watch that when you play, you move the paddle back and forth on each rail. Because of it being mounted to a wheel, we have about one inch of movement front to back on each rail, mm-hmm. and that changes the tone. So they took that back to the patent office as the novel invention of the foreplay. And as it's turned out, that has really been what's kind of defined this as being such a neat call. That is interesting. I saw that on the video um, that there is uh, play, so to speak, in the in the paddle. And you can move it um, forward and backward or up and down, depending on how you look at it, on the rail. And, and it makes a different sound. Um so he got the patent, and then you got involved. Now, tell us about your background. You're not a turkey hunter, are you? I well, I am now. Oh, good. <laughs> I am. Yeah. You know, it's it. Everyone loved it when we we just started the company in May of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, he approached me. He being Eric uh, approached me. I am a lifelong woodworker. I have a. Uh, custom furniture and cabinetry business so he came to me because he wanted to initially have me make parts for him to make this call Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing led to another he seemed like maybe he could use some help Uh, I offered that one thing led to another I ended up buying the patent from Eric Uh, he is still involved Um, he still uh, helps build Uh, he helps with the shows Uh, he is constantly coming up, like I said, all he does is think about turkey calls all the time. He's constantly coming up with other ideas. So uh, it's been a, a a departure from my my career path necessarily uh, what it's been, mm. <laughs> but it's it's a pretty exciting thing. Um, he he brought the call into my shop, and and from a mechanical nature, I found it very intriguing. It's just a really neat operating call. Mm-hmm. Um, his design is really fantastic. And then I said to him, okay, well, tell me what it does. You know, what it, what about this call makes this better than any call I can go by? And he explained to me how, you know, he can he can change it, uh, you know, tone of a call with minimal movement. He's not reaching for another call if the bird hangs up out of range. Yep. Uh, but within sight, he can pull back on the, on the paddle and he can he can give that bird a little bit different sound. And that can make for, you know, a much better day out in the woods than 
if you get busted reaching for another call because that bird just won't come in. Good point. And a lot of us, you, you mentioned that he was looking initially looking for a way to carry fewer calls. Um, you know, when I do turkey hunting seminars, I put my vest on and I say, this is the turkey hunter's bass boat. And all these pockets and all these uh, places to hang things and stuff things are uh, so we can carry, you know, 20 pounds of gear. And I'm often carrying two or three box calls and a number of slate calls. And, you know, guys who are, who are good with mouth calls, I mean, they can put them all in the palm of their hand. But the friction callers are, you know, you got to have a different call for each um, each different sound, but not true with yours. Um now I have uh, I've seen it on video I've heard it and I'm familiar with uh, cedar walnut and poplar but I don't know that I've ever uh, used a call with sassafras wood before what's the nature of that wood? Well we we went through a lot of woods trying to figure out exactly what the the best woods and and by best it was the ones that sounded the most different because why have two different species that basically sound the same on a call right. So sassafras, and and every every single call down when it, when we make it is has its own little personality. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you know sometimes the sassafras is a raspy, you know the raspy sound on the call. Sometimes uh, the poplar will be raspy. The 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 one that probably holds true mostly is the walnut's going to be our highest tone, which is a a nice locator yep. tone. Yep. It really cuts through uh, the wind if you're out. It's a it's a remarkably loud call. It's a uh, screamer, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. You you can really get the sound out there. Uh, you mentioned mouth callers when we did the Great American Outdoor Show. We had a lot of guys who were coming up who professed to be mouth callers buying the call for that reason. You know, the amplification that that they could get to locate the bird and to maybe bring the bird in, and then they would switch over when they're up. You know, when the bird's up close mm -hmm. and they and they want to go. So. It, it's a nice marrying of, of both uh, abilities of those two types of calls. You know, we, we always say we're not trying to replace or say that our call would replace everybody else's calls. No, you guys, the turkey hunters are still going to go out there and carry a bunch of calls into the woods. But this is a versatile call, and, and with a little bit of practice, you can make all kinds of different sounds with it. Um, it, it does a, a one-handed cluck. I don't know if you saw that on yep. our website. Yep, that was pretty clever. Yep. Yeah, which is really sweet. And, you know, the funny thing about that ability, you know, they say a lot of inventions are by accident. Mm -hmm. And like I explained with the ability to move that the paddle back and forth, quite honestly, it was never Eric's intention when he was building a call. It just happened. Mm -hmm. The ability to make that cluck one-handed, uh, he called me from the woods it, just as excited as can be. Uh, I'm like, did you get a bird? He goes, no, but I can, I can cluck with one hand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, at the shows. I know when we, when we demonstrate that, that's usually the, the thing that puts the guys over. You know, I can if believe they're, they're on the fence. Yeah. They, they like that. I can believe that because uh, the mouth callers always have the advantage of both hands available on the gun. Mm -hmm. And the box call it takes two hands to operate yeah. unless you. You know, you've got a rubber band that holds it down or something, but boy, that single-handed cluck can make a difference. And uh, turkey hunters know that when that bird is in close and he's in strut, if you can cluck 
or you know make a sharp noise that uh, gets him to put his head up that's your best target so yeah we have a, a video that you did not see on the website mm -hmm. uh, for reasons i'll tell you <laughs> was uh last spring we had video had a camera mounted on eric's gun um you know looking right down the barrel and he's doing that cluck, and he brings three toms right in, mm. and they're, they're right there in the in the the suspense is building. You see the gun on the on the bird, and you hear a click, oh, no. and the gun jams. Oh, and no. we can't use the video because of all the swearing, yeah, and everything that yeah. goes along with that video. Yeah. So cool. It's uh, it it does work very well. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Brian, we got to take a break here, but will you uh, stay with us and uh, come back and maybe demonstrate some of the calls? Absolutely. All right. We'll be back in just a minute, folks. I'm talking with Brian Binoken of Cutting Edge Game Calls. This is brought to you by Hupie and Abraham. We'll be back after this. Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Attention landowner, the Conservation Reserve Program, CRP, is now open. CRP is a great alternative for low-yielding acres to improve farm profitability, deliver high-quality wildlife habitat, cleaner water, and healthier soils. The CRP sign-up is going on right now through February 12th. Find a local Pheasants Forever biologist at pheasantsforever.org CRP or visit your local USDA service center. Farm the best, CRP the rest. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Well, welcome back to Outdoors Radio. Dan Small here, and I'm talking with Brian Benolkin of Cutting Edge Game Calls in Pennsylvania. And we were talking about the new four-play turkey call that his company makes, that Brian himself makes, and, uh, Brian, you were saying there are four different woods in the sound rails. And uh, let's, let's hear a call, and uh, let's hear how those different woods sound. Okay, so, yeah, the, the, to review the four, call, or the four rails that we have are poplar, walnut, uh, red cedar, and sassafras. So, inherently, they're all going to give you a little bit of different tone. So, the walnut one is going to be the the highest tone that we usually have. And I don't know how this sound is going to come across the, the cell phone, but uh, that would be the walnut. Here's the poplar, a little lower usually. Uh, we go to the other side of the call now, and we go to a red cedar rail. And then finally, uh, the last one we have is the sassafras rail. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think two cell phones <laughs> uh, do it justice, but I could hear um, a difference in the sound, and I would guess that out in the woods, uh, that sound difference is going to be even more striking. Yeah, it's it's one of the, I think all call makers uh, run up against trying to uh, present their sounds across, you know, electronic media is, is difficult. 
you know, so you'll see a lot of guys doing the, the, the sound clips as they're walking away into the woods to give you a better idea, you know, in a, in a shop where I'm standing right in front of the phone playing the call, it's, it's hard to relay that, that sound to your, to your listeners. Yep. Actually. Yep. But it sounds like a turkey. That's the key thing. Now, um, these these calls you offer them in several different uh, woods for the body of the call too, right? We we have uh, right now we have three choices of our standard calls. So we have uh, the body. Um, we've determined that the body that is actually holding the wheel and holding the rails. Uh, as long as we have a density of wood that's that's pretty similar to each other, is not affecting the sound of the call. So I can't tell you a walnut call sounds more like this than a cherry call, but our three species for bodies are going to be walnut, cherry, and mahogany. And then our, our paddle is always white oak. Mm-hmm. And then those four different species for the rails are always going to be consistent as well on each call. Yeah, okay. And I understand you have a preseason sale going on on your website. We do, we do. We're we're trying to get the uh, the excitement up amongst the hunters as as it's going to naturally come uh, very soon, as soon as uh, any semblance of warm weather returns to us all. Uh, we're doing a ninety nine dollar uh, uh, sale preseason sale right now with free shipping. Uh huh. Okay. Now, folks have been waiting for that number, and uh, a C-note is a lot of money to lay down on a, a wood box call. What kind of warranty do you offer? Uh, we have a 30-day uh, satisfaction guarantee. So if you take it, you try it, you like it, which we're confident you will. Um, if for some reason I had a gentleman call me up, uh, he had bought one, um, and he said, I, I, I can't get it to play. And I said, all right, well, send it back to me, mm-hmm. and we will look at it. And I said, I will either tune it for you, I will replace it for you, or I'll give you your money back. Mm-hmm. So he sent it back. I actually opened it up on camera, took it out, and Dan, it played beautifully. <laughs> I mean, it played so well, and, and right on camera. So I called him up, and I said, hey, Jim, I have a video I'd like to send to you. So I sent it to him. He calls me back. He goes, man, he said, I didn't know it could do all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, I think we're dealing with a, a bit of a technique issue. So it runs a little bit different than a box call, but it's not anything, you know, it's like any musical instrument, yeah. a little bit of practice. You know, it's. I, I would hope that a, a turkey hunter is not going to be going out into the woods with a call he's never you know, yeah. Yeah. worked with before. So Yeah. Well, usually we drive our wives crazy with the sound at home. Um, yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said early in this process that if turkeys are attracted, you know, nearly as much as this repulses my wife, then we're going to do really well. <laughs> well, so. welcome to the welcome to the club, my friend. Yeah. Now, one more question here: um, box calls are inherently water unfriendly. I've I've gone to waterproof uh, box calls, um, and and I don't like them as well as the kind you can chalk because. Um, that that coating wears off eventually, and and you need a new call. How do you deal with that? Well, that's uh, definitely something that we learned early uh, was the case. So we teamed up with a, a company. Um, 
it's Penline is the name of the company, but they make a product called Rain Chalk. Mm-hmm. So one word all together, Rain Chalk. Um, they're located down in Arkansas, and they produce a patented formula that uh, if you go on our website and go under the review section, there's a review there where they'll take uh, our call and, and douse it in water and then dry it off and use this rain chalk and you can play and the gentleman who does it who's not affiliated with us is able to play the call within about a minute mm. so it's it's a really nice thing to have regardless of you know what call you have any kind of friction call she makes uh joanne davis is the owner of the company she makes a a rain chalk that is um designed for use with pot calls so it's got a different center like a red center in the middle of the chalk to use for your striker. And um, I actually don't deal with that because I, I only uh, sell the box calls. Right. But um, on her website, uh, again, that's Penline. And I don't have her, I hate to do that, but I don't think I have her website handy right now, but okay. it's Penline Industries. Okay. If you look up Rain Chalk, sure. your uh, okay. listeners can. You'll find it. But you sell it, right? Yeah, yeah, we sell it for the box calls. Uh, the pot calls we do not have. Um, okay. It's actually rainchalk.com. Oh, that's so easy. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Um, so so you've got one box call now, the four play. Have you got others in the works or other plans to make different calls? We do. We do. We have uh, – we're constantly listening to the guys who we're, who we're dealing with with the, with the, uh, the four play. Mm-hmm. And comments that they have, um, you know, it's it's part of the 30-day guarantee uh, premise that we offer. Is I ask guys who are who are thinking about returning, of calling me up because I want to talk to them. I want to find out exactly what it is about the call that you know they would change or or what they like about it. You know, it's it's so we we do have um, a couple different variations of the foreplay that will be coming out in the next year. Uh-huh. And then we also have a couple other items that are box call related. Uh, I can't really tell you what they are. Okay. <laughs> All they, right. they will be, yeah, they, they will be coming out. We're, we're hoping to be a company that kind of thinks you know, not to be cheesy, but outside the box call, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Sorry. No, Sorry. that's good. That's good. Well, you're cutting edge, and uh, you know you got to yeah, yeah. you got to so, keep coming uh, up with new you know, things. Trying that... to give guys options that they don't have elsewhere. All right. So. Well, um, before we let you go, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that we're going to give one of these away to a lucky listener, and we'll tell folks again uh, at the end of the show how you can get in on that drawing. And you do custom calls too, right? I mean, you will customize the paddle. You can. Uh, engrave a name in it that kind of thing yes yeah we um we can do any name or actually any text really mm. on the paddle up to 55 characters mm. uh we offer that as a, a an option that you can add on to whatever call you know you happen to buy we have um what we call our premium calls which are basically they're they are standard calls but mother nature make some just some beautiful grain patterns sometimes and we struggled with what to do with these outlier calls that were just beautiful they're you know like a like a burled gunstock you sure, know they, they sure. come 
occasionally we get these calls and, and to sell one, a standard, call them all standard and sell you one that is beautiful in its own right, but the grain is, is typical and then sell your friend one of these, we figured, oh, there's all going to be <laughs> all kinds of problems doing that. So we offer a, a premium line, which is a $25 increase. It's not huge. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll be coming out with what we call our collector's calls, which will be more of the exotics. So we'll have ebony and tiger maple oh, and, nice. and nice. rosewood and stuff like that, which – you know, may be more suited to sitting on a shelf than yeah. they will they will work, but they're more yeah, you know, targeted at the collector. Well, you're a woodworker and you like playing with different kinds of wood. I understand. Yes. That. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, we got to let you go here. We're running out of time. So, um, thank you so much for talking with us, and um, I'm sure one of our lucky listeners will be very happy to get a four play box call. And we will we'll keep in touch. We'll let you know. Um, you're going to send me one, so I will use it this year, and uh, I'll let you know how I do. I'll send you a picture if I get yeah, bored with it. Yeah, I definitely want a picture. And, and thank you so much for having me on the, on the show. Uh, love to be able to you know, get, get this in front of uh, all those Wisconsin turkey hunters. Well, we are doing our best to do that. So thanks again. Thank you. Brian Benoken of Cutting Edge Game Calls, maker of the four-play turkey call. His website is the number four, and then the words, playturkeycall.com. So fourplayturkeycall.com. This is brought to you by Hupe and Abraham, best personal injury law firm named such by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. If you need help because of an accident, call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business if you need their help. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we've made over the years. We can't even begin to imagine how many batteries we've put into our community's cars, boats, campers, ATVs, businesses, and homes over the past nine decades. We want to thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. As we continue to power through winter, we can't wait to see you soon. To prep your boats, motorcycles, and all of your summer toys. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Don't forget to ask your sales representative about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Outdoors Radio is brought to you by uh, Wisconsin Hunter Education Program with Wisconsin DNR, dnr.wi.gov, and by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. Cedar Lake is open for business. You can check out their website and Facebook page for updates and details. And they are holding their own in-house boat show that ends uh, this Sunday, January 31st. The Milwaukee Boat Show has been canceled for this year, but their show has been going on now for the last 10 days. They've got some great deals, and uh, check out their website for details and for the specials on a number of items there, cedarlakesales.com. 
If you happen to miss Outdoor Wisconsin or Deer Hunt Wisconsin, you can still catch uh, those shows online at pbswisconsin.org. They're actually both on the PBS channel, PBS Wisconsin and milwaukeepbs.org. You can hear our radio show online all the time. You can take it with you. You can go to lake-link.com, and their outdoor radio page has this show and past shows up to about a year ago. Again, you can download those. Uh, You can also follow Dan and I during the week on social media. Follow Dan by getting online and finding Dan Small at uh, Dan Small Outdoors. You can find me, Jeff Kelm, at Hardwater Jeff. And I mentioned earlier the Capital City chapter of Muskies, Inc. has a Muskie University that's virtual this year. Their Facebook page has all the details you'll need. You have to pre-register. Three sessions coming up in March and April, and I'm teaching fly fishing on April 3rd. So check it out. Capital City Muskies, Inc. on Facebook will give you the information you need. This week's giveaway, a four-play turkey call. You heard all about it, talking with Brian Benolkin there. And there are four different tones in one call. It's a $125 value. To enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email us at dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and number and mention the Turkey Call Giveaway. And if you'd like to order your own call, you can visit the number 4playturkeycall.com or call them at 610-984-984. 4099. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com and pick up a CD of Anglin Wayne and the Trollers with our two theme songs. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, Dan. And folks, get outside this weekend and join us again next time for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy act is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey I'll be 